0: Restoring memories to lose them again, you'll forget everything when this whole thing ends. You can't even predict what tomorrow brings, but don't lose track of living in the rest. Welcome to The Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony
1: Canary. And I'm John Beck. Now- each week, we normally will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the
0: form of long-loved movies. That's right. But this week, it is time for Tasting Room 2 Electric Boogaloo. Burr, burr, burr. Uh, burr, 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 burr. Uh, that's right. We were telling you guys all over the past like two weeks to get your questions in, and you guys uh, did come out for that. Thank you very much we got a lot of good questions and comments. Uh, We don't have time to read all of them, but we do have a few that we wanted to get in here that were particularly uh, relevant and some things that have been on our minds as well. So uh, how this works is in case you haven't been listening for the past few weeks, uh, you guys sent in questions and comments and we came up with answers for them. And now we will read those questions and answers. Uh, John, why don't you start us off?
1: I will start us off. And the first question comes to us from Tara Hoke. And the question is, I wish I had seen more of the movies you guys choose so I could distill along with you, but I was probably too busy watching everything Meg Ryan and Winona Ryder ever made. Uh, did you ever watch rom-coms, female buddy movies, or other genres we unfortunately refer to as chick flicks back in the day?
0: If so, which were your favorites? Uh, I did. Um, uh, there are plenty of like rom-coms and, and female buddy or like chick flick. Yeah. Like chick flicks. I need some you know, stats. Give me some as, examples. Like, what are you chick talking flicks. about? Some examples. Well, John, I think, you know, because we've discussed this off air that I have a particular love for a movie that we intend to do in December called love. Actually true. Uh, it is a, a near and dear to my heart movie. Uh, that I enjoy greatly. Um, some others, um, God, when I was like at my late teens, 10 things I hate about you came out and I, for some reason just loved that movie. Uh, mean girls is such a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Bridesmaids is a great movie. Um, like there's, there's plenty of woman centric or, 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 uh, female-led movies that I greatly enjoy. It's interesting because
1: I, I feel similarly, and yet when you look at the first 20 or so episodes of The Distillery, we, we've yet to really make that and fold that into what we're working with. This is a good question. I like it because it it doesn't like revolutionize what we're doing or change anything. I think it just kind of opens a little window to kind of remind us of all these other movies that we've definitely seen and enjoyed in the past to kind of fold it in uh, to what we're working in. In fact, before... Or unrelated to this question, uh, the last uh, film that we just released uh, from the memory distillery, Amelie, uh, you might consider that to kind of fall within this category. So maybe somehow psychically, subconsciously, we were already traveling <laughs> on that path. Uh, but a, a few examples just to answer again, Anthony, like like yourself, I, I certainly have plenty of uh, films that would probably fit in, in that chick flicks category Uh don't know what else to call it now. That's you know better than that, but that's what we got. And uh, in particular, I was a huge fan, especially of uh, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Uh, so yes. Joe versus the volcano and You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. Like I just loved all those. Uh, Joe versus the volcano is still one of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, and. It wasn't until a good friend of mine named Ted introduced me to how to love that movie, as opposed to just watch it and kind of roll your eyes and go, yeah, it's kind of silly, cheesy comedy. But I think that one definitely needs to be worked into our rotation. Um, And then I. Well,
0: so actually not to interrupt you, but I'm going to. Too late. Um, I I don't know if we've discussed this on or off air before, but I've. I don't think I've seen Joe versus the volcano. Uh, So you might have to take me to school much in the way you did with Hudson Hawk.
1: True. I I think that's absolute necessity. And sometime soon we'll have to discover whether or not there's a movie in existence that you've seen. And I haven't. So we could do the reverse. Um, Yes. But to quickly dive back into a few more of the types of movies that I really have enjoyed. um, In the more dramatic sense, even like in period pieces, I, I've i stated to a number of people before I stand by this that I'm not a big fan of Jane Austen novels. I have a hard time reading them. I think they're boring and I can't get into them. But I really tend to enjoy when they're made really well, whether it's in a TV miniseries or a movie. And I really liked Sense and Sensibility and Emma and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And, um, you know, those classic that- works... Uh, that, that,
0: that, was that? A, that was a Jane Austen novel, *Pride and Prejudice*, *Pride and Prejudice* and Zombies.
1: It was a movie, oh. um, based on the book. So was it
0: like was it like a reimagining of a movie?
1: Yeah, or I'm, did, I'm pretty, pretty sure Jane Austen. All was one? heavily featured with zombies. Okay. Um, I mean, just look it up. You've got the internet. Um, at any rate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there is a lot of joy to be had in movies that I think for for whatever reason, you know, found themselves kind of shoeboxed and, and pushed into these separate categories that are like men don't like dirty dancing. I'm like, men don't nobody puts baby in a corner. OK, so don't do that to <laughs> me either. Don't tell me what I can like and don't like. Um, so, yeah, there's numerous, numerous examples. And so. I think considering both of our reactions, like I was saying, this this really just kind of highlights um, something to kind of open our, our, our brain up to uh, future possibilities. Because there's a lot of good stuff in here to examine that we've not really dove into yet.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I'd love to fit more of these movies in to uh, to our lineup. So we will work on that. Thank you, Tara, for that question. That was a great question. Uh, Our next question comes from Scott Del Valle. Thanks, Scott. Uh, He asks, of the movies so far, which character role would you choose to play if given the chance and why?
1: You want me to jump into this one? Go for it. I've thought it through. I've looked at all the movies listed, and I feel like I'm almost cheating. But I think my reasoning for picking this character is because a. I think it would just be a lot of fun, and I think I'd really enjoy doing it. And B, I think I could pull it off and, and do it fairly well. Um, it's not the the meatiest role, the most dramatic, the you know the most amazing film. In fact, people might remember that I didn't have the most perfect, awesome, amazing things to say about this movie. But I would be Garth from Wayne's World. Ooh, I just think that'd be so much fun. Um, I think it, it's just really. Uh, like in terms of the idea of acting and, and playing out this role, I think it would be that like that you know introvert who is kind of doing weird things and glancing at the camera <laughs> at awkward times and sticking a straw <laughs> in his donut and drinking it. Like that kind of is hitting you know awfully close to home for just it, how I am. So it, <laughs> it does
0: fit in the John Deck wheelhouse. So yeah, I, so. <laughs> I completely get that. I hadn't even considered Wayne's World uh when i thought about this question so uh, well what's your answer what did you consider well i mean the the first thing to come to mind for me uh was corbin dallas from the fifth element huh. um, it, just because like it's the future and it's flying cars and and shoot em up action it just sounds like a lot of fun
1: yeah, I bet. I mean, just with all the sets they worked on and everything that happened, I mean, it definitely would have plenty of explosions, and you'd get your opportunities to dive through walls and over tables, and
0: sure, I mean, do it, all
1: your own stunts.
0: <laughs> probably the only downside for me in real time would be like a screaming Chris Tucker, but I would probably get over that. Uh, I yeah, I I really liked the the character of corbin dallas and i think it would be a fun one to to play or to to live out
1: you know now that you mentioned that i almost want to change my question to being ruby rod just so i could be there and just screaming <laughs> just just screaming come on come on like just screaming it in your ear and like and just having you ready to just like turn around and hit me in the
0: face i think count to a 10 yeah <laughs> Uh, cool. Thanks, Scott, for that one. Uh, our next one comes from uh Alex Hoffman. Thanks, Alex, for sending this question in. Uh, Alex asks, When will you do Hackers? Also, if you need a professional hacker to talk about hack- hackers, happy to help. Uh, I would love to do Hackers. Um, Hackers was uh, a really a movie that I remember really enjoying, uh, with a-, a few minor exceptions that we won't go into now. We'll go into it when we actually do the movie. Uh, but I would, I would love to have Alex on the show. Alex, I think, could really speak from a a place of knowledge. He is, in fact, a professional hacker. So,
1: do you know? I mean, because obviously, you know Alex better than I do at this point, anyway. Uh, when he says, as a professional hacker, do you know, like, in terms of like testing security systems, or like, yeah. or just a, a white hat who's out there, you know, <laughs> trying to bring no. down the bad corporations? Or uh,
0: Alex, and uh, you can. Correct me if I'm wrong on the Facebook page, Alex. Uh Alex is a penetration tester for a company. Um,
1: take it easy on the language in this podcast. It's for <laughs> families. All right.
0: Well, there goes that clean rating. We're gonna have to go with the explicit tag. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh John, what do you think about hackers?
1: Is this is this? Y'all have to forgive me because I don't know it too well. But is this the Angelina Jolie movie?
0: That's the one.
1: Okay, I have definitely seen it. It's been a long time. It fits a lot of the the categorizations that we would apply to movies like this. Um, I I almost feel like, and I don't think this movie was at all the same, but I think you might argue it was in a similar genre. Uh, the movie Sneakers uh, with Robert Redford and River Phoenix, and and them like. I mean, I know it's different, but I feel like they were similar in their time frame and they had to do with, like, hacking systems and, and you know, running grifts and doing all sorts of crazy yeah, things. Yeah,
0: I think it falls, if, if not in the same sort of genre, at least in the same kind of wheelhouse. But I would. Uh, and, and right around the same time frame, I think you're right.
1: But, yeah, I think I have enough positive connotations of this movie to be intrigued i really have no clue about anything to do with plot or quotes from the movie or anything whatsoever um and so i knew i do know that i've heard a few times here and there that it stands up surprisingly well in terms of how awful most tv shows and movies get the whole hacking experience and that (laughs) this for its time and even now is a little bit better than a lot of you know the people who just will you know, click blindly with their mouse for 30 seconds, and then they're in the Department of Defense, you know, website, or it's just like,
0: that's (laughs)
1: like, Oh, okay, so that's how that works. And, and great. So yeah, I mean, sure, I'd be, I'd be open to it. I think, uh, you know, this, the holiday seasons between all the Halloween and and horror stuff and the Christmas stuff, we'll have some time in the middle. But, you know, if it doesn't, you know, come together right now, we're going to be doing this for about another 14 16 years something like that so yeah right around that you know probably around twenty we're gonna get be thinking you know what was that one movie we talked about uh 10 years ago and you're gonna be like hackers and then that's when we'll dive in yeah that'll be maybe maybe sooner maybe uh speaking of things that are sooner i think we should read bill randall's question first
0: i do as well
1: but as it's too late for that, he'll be fourth. And I think he'll appreciate that. <laughs> um, Bill Randall, front of the show, writes, two part question. Part the first, is it fair to judge the effects in movies of the past as they compare to movies of the present? And part B, why no musicals?
0: Okay. Uh, so the first part of your question, or yeah, the first part of your question Uh, really, I don't think this is a two-part question. I think this is two separate questions, Bill. I think you need to get it together. Uh, Is it fair to judge the effects in movies of the past as they compare to movies of the present? Is it fair? No. Is it inevitable? 100% yes. Um, We do not live in 1996. We live in 2019. And we've seen Avengers Endgame. And we know what good graphics look like. And we know what good graphics of the time look like. And actually if you if you go back and listen to any of our episodes where we talk about effects and graphics and things like that, you'll hear especially me say by this year's standards, whatever year the movie came out in, these are good graphics or by this year's standards, these are shitty graphics. Like it's not it's not something that we go, "Oh yeah, you know, the graphics were terrible." But compare this to you know (laughs) because it's in my head avengers endgame uh like it just it's it doesn't compare it's crap like i i've said this numerous times i give movies the benefit of the doubt and try to view them through as fresh of eyes as possible when we're watching them because i want to I, i don't want my view of watching the movie now to be tainted by what I might know about the past or what doesn't necessarily hold up in terms of effects.
1: I disagree. And I think you're an idiot, Anthony. And I think those words are what Bill is hoping to hear from me. So uh, now that I've said them, <laughs> I can also <laughs> say, um, no, I actually think it is fair to judge the effects in movies of the past as they compare to movies to the present, because one of the central premise of our podcast is this idea of digging into nostalgia and seeing whether or not movies stack up now as they did back in this, you know, a certain time period. So if we're watching something like Gremlins and comparing it to what it was like, you know, back in the 80s versus watching it again now, it's not a podcast of rating special effects. It's a podcast about our memories and our nostalgia and our feelings and the impact. And if, A movie's effects were good enough for us in the 80s that it made us love and enjoy and like a movie. But now they're a distraction because they're just all these little puppets and it's so horrible green screen that now I'm taken out of the moment because it's just bad effects. I think it's perfectly reasonable to judge the movie now and say, you know what? I could barely watch this because it was so (laughs) distracting, you know, back in the day because it was, you know, more mainstream or cutting edge or whatever it might be. Uh, I find it's the same with video games now. I have these intense, you know, nostalgic feelings towards certain old like Atari and and NES games and stuff. But Uh I've gone back and played them and they suck. And like, (laughs) it's just not fun. The controls are hard to work. They're frustrating. It's hard to deal with. And I'm like, how? How was I so in love with this? But it's like, it's because that's what was there. I fell in love with the story. There's all these reasons. But now... I'm just, I'm not loving, like, playing Zelda Link to the Past on Super NES. Like, I, I played it for about 20 minutes, and that was, like, horrible, and I was done. Um, so it's kind of the same, I feel, in, in in movies in the way where if something's just not fun, not watchable, not enjoyable, um, and a large part of that is because it's just shown itself to be kind of just garbage in terms of effects, I, I think it's valid to... To judge things in that way. I'm not like Anthony. I don't try to look for the good in things.
0: I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you bring up a good point though, because we You're welcome. We, did... <laughs> we we do this with with other trends and, and styles and like nobody's wearing uh, leisure suits from the disco era anymore, at least not <clears throat> unironically. Oh. Um nobody's uh well i shouldn't say nobody but most people aren't bringing back mullets uh yeah uh, right. Mo- most aren't most aren't uh i had to put that qualifier in there um the if a movie's hard to watch it's hard to watch and if it's hard to watch because of the effects then it's hard to watch because of the effects if it's hard to watch because of shitty acting then it's it's shitty acting. Like it's just it's the way that it is.
1: So you've circled back to agreeing with everything I'm saying.
0: Not a hundred percent. But I'm i you've moved the needle a little bit.
1: How about uh, we move it to part B? Or did you yes. still have some
0: No. Part B is fine. Why no musicals? Uh we just haven't done one yet. Contract
1: um, disputes.
0: Yeah, that could be it too. Um maybe we'll do a musical episode.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a trendy thing.
0: Where we'll actually, like, sing the episode.
1: I think this is a really good idea that has no downside whatsoever. (laughs) Um, When it comes to musicals, it's funny because this is uh, kind of like what Tara's question asking about, you know, romantic comedies and female-led movies and and that kind of stuff. Um, This is another thing where there's so many that I enjoy So many that I think could be a good fit. I think maybe I I just am at fault for like making assumptions of thinking that perhaps you, Anthony, are just don't have a wide range of, you know, old musicals or even relatively new musicals that you love. I know personally, like you can go all the way back to. Like singing in the rain or Music Man, um, I, I love a lot of these older things in the 40s and 50s and stuff. And then even coming up to like 2001, I remember Chicago. I really love that. Like, th- there's just a lot of things. I I have never seen Mama Mia or Mama Mia the Second Coming or whatever the second one is, which <laughs> I know is something that is very much like s- stabbing Bill in the eye with a dagger when he hears that. So I can't you know reflect on those two movies. Um, which I'm sure, if he had a part C or three to this question, it would have something to do with how come we haven't dove into Mamma Mia yet. Um, but no, there's like there's a lot of musicals that I enjoy for a number of different reasons, and so uh, why they've not come up yet, I'm not sure. I don't know, Anthony. Do, do you have any feelings in particular or history with uh, musical movie experiences?
0: A little bit. Um, I I agree with you on the older ones, Music Man and and singing of the rain and uh, stuff like that. Um, there are some. So when I was in high school, uh, I was in choir uh, all four years of high school in one form or fashion, and most of the the other people in choir with me were also in uh, in drama and and did a lot of like musical theater. And so I would constantly be getting beat over the head with Greece and Les Miserables and, uh, uh, I don't know, pick a semi-modern sound of music, even. Like, I would just, it it would be a constant thing. And I think that much like when we were talking about The Crow, um, I just, it left me, like, not wanting to view it or or take part in it like i greece i'm i'm sick of and i i'm making a stand now if we ever do Grease on this show i will have shitty shitty things to say about it at least in the pre-watch uh i i don't have a particular taste for musicals because of that but i'm open to the idea of maybe being reintroduced to musicals or uh You know, watching one that I only watched the one time or maybe I watched a a stage adaptation of in high school or whatever and like giving it a second chance. Um, Not to say that I hate musicals. I just don't have a particular affinity for them.
1: Hmm. Well, then uh, it can get put into that probably or not probably, but possibly category that we can, you know, push back and forth on and see when it makes sense. Um,
0: I'm totally down for that. Yeah, cool. Uh, All right. Thank you, Bill, for that very long uh, two questions, not two part question. You liar. Uh, All right. (laughs) Our next uh, submission comes from Alex again. Thanks, Alex. Uh, This is actually a comment, not really a question. Uh, Alex writes, one thing in that episode on Stripes, toward the end, you guys were having trouble trying to find another similar military comedy to it. Uh, Yeah. In order to draw comparisons. Uh, Although not exactly an 80s film, the direct equivalent to Stripes is, of course, the classic, in all caps, 90s army fish out of water, pun intended, buddy comedy in the army now featuring Polly Shore and Andy Dick. Uh, Yeah, that is true. I I hadn't even considered in the army now when we did that movie, Uh, but it's I. I wholeheartedly agree with that that's a great comparison or 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 uh equivalent
1: now I've actually never seen this movie, and please God don't tell me this is the movie you think that I should watch for the first time where you've seen it, and I haven't because I might shoot myself in the leg to get out of it
0: it's but in, it's it's on the list now
1: <laughs> oh man, let me ask this real quick not that I don't want any spoilers, but he says it's the classic nineties army fish out of water, pun mm-hmm. intended buddy comedy. So what, how much of this movie has to do with fish out of water?
0: Uh The fish part, not so much, but the water part is, is, I wouldn't say it's a central theme, but it's definitely a, uh, a plot device.
1: Like buckets of water being poured on rapscallions, stuff like no, that. No, not exactly. Uh, how about like a. Pool party where someone's floating on a crazy
0: unicorn floaty. Uh no, also not exactly. Although uh, I'll, I'll spoil this much for you. So okay, uh, Shore and Andy Dick are they they, they join the army and the uh, the job that they either get selected for or they choose themselves is uh, water purification. So they. They go out, and they, they suck up really bad water, and they turn it into drinkable clean water.
1: Well, I found that interesting, but the problem is you've told me way too much about this movie now. I don't think I can watch it. Yeah, you can. We'll see. We'll talk
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks again, Alex, for that que- or that comment. Uh, Our last question comes from uh, Luke Peterfriend. Thanks, Luke. Uh, Or maybe I'm saying thanks too soon. We'll see. If a tree falls and no one is around to hear it, what's the consequences of traveling forward in time? Well, I think that this is kind of a dumb question, Luke. Obviously, the consequences of traveling forward in time are abandoned timelines you have every bit as much of a chance to end up on an abandoned timeline and lost to the ether as you do on the prime timeline John I
1: disagree rebuttal. I disagree and I'll tell you why And no, I'm not going to get into some sort of semantic argument where I say we're constantly traveling forward in time as it is, regardless of trees falling or not, because that's just the way we experience life in a linear fashion, because that would be boring and it wouldn't really get to the heart of the matter here. I think we all understand that if a tree falls and nobody is around to hear it, the consequences of traveling forward in time are catastrophic, but only for the tree. Now, follow me on this one, Anthony. I'm very passionate and fired up about it. I'm locked in. All know trees very much like buddy cop movies, movies like Hackers, anything starring Winona Ryder are all things that we want to love but are also afraid of because what if that tree fell on you or me or your dog? Or that romantic couple that just met at a coffee shop and they finally met their soulmate. And what, a tree's going to ruin it? So when that tree falls and nobody is around to hear it, you best believe that tree is sneaking up to kill someone in a way you would never expect. When a tree falls, you want to hear it because it should be making noise and stop being a silent ninja assassin ruining the best films of our lives. I don't care if you call them chick flicks or not. That tree better not kill Dirty Dancing. And that's my response.
0: I can't refute that at all. I can't. <sighs> that's just logic. It's that's...
1: just simple. anyone would have said that.
0: Hold on. Give me a second. How to nominate someone for the Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. Prize.
1: And it's N O B E L because the last time I looked it up, I was like, Whoops, spell check." I thought it was different.
0: Than that. Oh, goodness! I'm glad you told me that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, all right, I'm nominating you for the Nobel Prize. I'm gonna, no- I'm gonna nominate you for two: both peace and uh, chemistry. Well, for for science, I think you just go science. If I'm not mistaken, I think
1: I, think I get the Nobel Prize that I want. Oh.
0: Is that, and I get shit. to,
1: that's how it works. They come back and say, I,
0: I hey. had no idea that that was how that yeah.
1: worked. Yeah. It's not about categories. They're not that blind. They just come up to you and say, Hey, we heard a bunch of people saying some good stuff about you. Which one do you want? We'll put it on a plaque.
0: And oh, so you check. get to like pick from like a shadow box and
1: yeah. And then you get like, like a check for $750,000 and then you get to move to the university of your choice where you can live for four to seven years.
0: Holy shit. That's a great gig.
1: That's why everyone makes a big deal about it, Anthony.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much, Luke, for this illuminating question. I, this this didn't go where I thought it was going to. This was actually been uh, really enlightening. Uh, that's it everyone. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to us on Apple podcast and Google podcast and Stitcher and all those different podcast platforms, whichever one makes the most sense for you. Uh, we Thanks. release.
1: Oh, please.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm so fired up. I'm interrupting everybody. <laughs> we release new episodes every week. So please make sure you stick around as we s- distill another favorite from our past. <laughs>
1: I just was going to say, I don't know if this is the Tasting Room where we do our own musical interludes, but just in case that doesn't come together on this Tasting Room, then you've been listening to some music in our podcast from the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore. Check them out. Also, uh, as always, like you've done here with Facebook dot uh, com slash the memory distillery as well as the memory distillery gmail.com you know write us give us your questions your comments your thoughts your ideas uh, it's so much fun interacting with you guys like this so I want us to keep storing up all the good info so we can make more of these tasting rooms where we uh d- diverge slightly from the movie path
0: yes I agree uh hey just a real quick heads up for everybody uh we're approaching the end of the year we've got a lot of great stuff coming up um expect to see uh a couple of polls we we've had one out for a little bit now about what we should do for october we'll probably narrow that down to smaller sub polls uh so be on the lookout for those uh and december be on the lookout for some holiday related stuff uh in terms of the movies that we're going to watch and we'll probably ask you guys for your input on that as well uh, we really appreciate that input. It really helps us to build the kind of show that we want to make and the kind of show that you want to listen to. So, again, thank you very much for that. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Anthony Venneri. And I'm John Deck. And this has been The Memory Distillery. And I think that uh,
1: smaller sub would be what I want for my first development. Thank you. Enjoy.